men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake in the day to find that it was vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they may act their dream with open eyes. Welcome back, dreamers, to another episode of Dreamers of the Day podcast. Today we have a awesome guest uh, that well, I'll let him introduce himself. His name is King Trippy on Twitter, um, and he's going to talk to us today about you know how he got into crypto NFTs, about his project, and then what he's bullish on. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then if you want to start uh, telling us your story, go ahead. Hey guys, um, yeah, I am King Trippy. That's what um, sort of been going by since. But May of last year, since Board Ape was sort of created, um, yeah, I've been in crypto since full time. I've been going on two years now. Um, prior to that, was a financial um, analyst, advisor, um, managed kind of high net worth family investments, investment strategies. Um, so kind of made the migration from TradeFi to full time crypto about July 2020, and um, been doing this kind of madness and for. Um, for quite a while now but um yeah happy to be here awesome yeah super glad to have you um so yeah let's let's uh kind of get right into it um what really attracted you to this space we talked a little bit about it before we started the pod but uh what really got you into it what did you see that you thought this would be the right place to to be um i, I alluded to it earlier but it it's the opportunity, you know, I come from a competitive background. Um, you know, I played college sports, I played football in college, and sort of after that was over, was sort of looking for my next, um, you know, passion or addiction, if you will, um, and found investing as sort of that game to play and um, really got into it. Uh, I graduated college 2006, 2007. So, um, got out of school and started really getting into investing, did internships kind of along through college. And so been familiar with investing um, and sort of traded, I you know, got some money after college and just got my ass destroyed. Um, just in the middle of, of bear market in 2008, kind of the beginning of the financial crisis, you know, which was the birth of crypto um, for tons of other reasons. But one thing that I'm forever grateful for was the perspective of a losing money, learning how not to trade and, you know, kind of losing that ego very quickly. And um, also got my jump in that in a prop trading firm, which is probably the closest thing to a bucket shop today that they'll find of, of just degenerates trying to make money um, <laughs> kind of, kind of with like partner money or, you know, like the partners will seed the firm and then they'll hand out essentially trading lines and, you know, they'll take a, They'll take 40, I think the traders will take 40% of their profits and, um, you know, with certain risk parameters, blah, blah, blah. So it, it, you got to see very quickly, you know, like what always drew it to me was the competitive side and, um, you, you know, just how, how customizable, it, you know, this game is. There's a hundred million different ways to make money. It's more or less finding one that fits you or your skill set or your personality, right? So um got to experience and see the different archetypes and you know see trading markets from like the ground up and then realized i didn't want to do that got into um you know tried to take a leap over into you know more traditional more um slower kind of managing larger amounts of money and um having a longer term time horizon so got into um the investment advisor um game down here in south florida where i'm from um and jumped on with a guy who was going out and buying mom and pop RAs around um, 100 to 800 to a billion dollar size. And we just kind of buy those and roll them up. Um, and you know, I, I was uh, custom, you know, 
basically running our custom portfolio strategy for some of the bigger accounts and trading options around that and managing our risk. So I made that jump, um, I think 2011, and was there for um, another nine years. Um, you know, two different firms kind of doing the same thing. We would go buy these firms and roll them up under a unified brand, um, you know, try to create scale where we can, um, it, you know, which is an, is an issue too with tons of different egos and people coming, coming into, into the business. So got a, a whole bunch of experience on um, sort of aggregating and rolling up entities, M&A, um, but most importantly, just continue crafting my skill set kind of within investing and trading and, um, and finding new things. So long story short, that was sort of been my education through here. Um, I'm, I'm old as far as for, I'm sorry, it's a curse. Uh, I'm, I'm old for, for, uh, for this space. I'm 37. Um, so I have the benefit of seeing quite a lot of markets uh, outside of just crypto, right? And um, even yesterday was with uh, Taylor Gehring, who one of the co-founders of Ethereum, who, who happens to live, oh. you know, 15 minutes away from me, happens to be a trippy, um, and we hang out all the time now, right? And so it's it's these small, you know, the, the small things within crypto, but just how, how early and how young the asset class is, right? So for, for my career to start kind of when Bitcoin was launched, um, you know, during the financial crisis 2008, you know, because of too big to fail, because of kind of our banking situation led to, you know, the creation of, um, you know, decentralized blockchains, uh, permissionless ledgers, and um, kind of led that whole birth, right? So it's, it's so interesting to see who's an OG and who's not, but at the end of the day, you know, this whole asset class is not even five years old yet, right? So um, it's, it's really fascinating just from how much inefficiency still exists. I guess to circle back to the original question, um, what drew me is, is there's lots of edge, right? There's lots of, of excess return, which um, from my vantage point, trying to pick up, you know, if, if, I, could, if I could outperform the S&P by 2% a year, 3% a year, I'd, I'd be doing my job, but it's extremely hard to do that. Um, but it's very, in my opinion, very easy to make money if you're disciplined and you look for it in, in areas like this. So sort of my way to survive and evolve has always been to just be thinking what's next, what's next. Um, and so, yeah, so started trading crypto 2017, got long, got short, kind of had to go back to my old job more. Um, you know, like the, the timing of when I got into crypto, the first time 2017, I was in between uh, kind of gig one and gig two. And I think I had like a non-compete or, um, you know, something where I was kind of just hanging out. And then I started the new business 2018 and then got really back into it going into 2020, which um, was good because I got to watch the whole meltdown happen in March and knew where money needed to go, which was into crypto because of, you know, the endless amount of money we created because of COVID and then, you know, COVID was this huge, huge point in time um, where everything changed. Um, and that to me was sort of my green light to, to do this full time. So did I, I kind of got into Ethereum ecosystem right around July, two years now. So yield farming, Uniswap, SushiSwap, um, you know, the whole, the whole shebang into Metaverse, the central land, Sandbox, Artblocks, Board Ape. So, and then Board Ape, um, kind of into much more gaming stuff and um, now super interested in, in guilds and lending and, you know, a, a whole plethora of things. So I'm rambling, um, but no, yeah, you're that's, good. yeah, that's, um, that is start to finish sort of where, where I, where I came from. Awesome. No, yeah, that's, that's really good and good for uh, the people listening uh, who are listening, I should say to, to understand because uh, a lot of, the majority of people that listen are, are newer to the space in general. Um, and they don't understand that it's not just a bunch of people like them that don't know, you know, the, the systems and they're just like buying everything like a ship or something like that. But there's, you know, but they're actually, not that far off though, but, yeah. no, but, 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 but yes, like, I, like, I think that's exactly what drew me to that is that perception. And, to, to be honest, I think that, you know, there are sophisticated people playing this game now. Yeah. A, a year or so ago, that wasn't the case. But 
Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, and I, I look at the biggest beneficiary of this whole drawdown has been Stan Bank and Freed of FTX. Um, yeah. And, right. And just thinking about, I always try to tell that story about like he's, you know, Paul Tudor Jones and Jim Simons, who arguably two greatest hedge fund guys from um, traditional finance, is sort of wrapped up in one where he's this, this aggressive, brilliant guy who's, who's, you know, it just on so many different levels, but he, how they made that their original, how he made his original billions was, you know, arbing, doing arbitrage between cash Bitcoin prices in Hong Kong and, you know, and uh, wherever, London and in and New York. So yeah, like they're, they're, that's to me evidence of another guy who saw a absurd opportunity, excess return everywhere, put his money where his mouth is and, you know, built, built it into a ginormous um you know operation i mean he's just taking over the world right now it's crazy yeah he is acquiring everything i feel like i read a new article about him like in talks like, to acquire something every day it, it's just his chess game is just epic from um you know like the guise of i forget the term of um what does he call it in terms of getting back um but he, but he has his his he hides behind how much he gives to certain causes which like helps him sort of be a huge capitalist which i don't say that in a bad way but it's it's mm-hmm. like it helps offset some of the, the 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 negative aspects of that but but like a lot of those acquisitions too are a pennies in the dollar but b ways in for him to get state licenses too right so if you look at block they yes. have yeah. new jersey they have a tons of these state charters um and i, I want to say voyager was the other one that he um that they put a credit line into but they have the um, you know the very hard to get New York state license. So he's he's trying to buy um, Robinhood because he wants to be able to trade stocks right through all of this. So there's he's he's lobbying he's lobbying CFTC to be able to change how futures are traded into perpetuals, which is kind of the crypto invention, versus standard futures, which are are based on calendar dates. So like just top to bottom, guys guys like that are in this industry for a reason and um you know he's a big reason too of of why i'm so bullish so of just the brain power i think in the space yeah yeah that's that's good for people you know who are new or who have been here for a little while and just you know retailers it's good to understand that you know people say like the market's dead when you when we have these big like 80 percent drawdowns and stuff but it's like look who's here look at the money that's here so I always say all the smart money, like that's. But it's not just crypto, right? I think everyone's getting hammered too. And exactly, I was, my, I was like, I was like, parents are the worst too. At, at their, you know, like my dad is, <laughs> yeah. is terrified of of what the, you know, this concept. And I think a lot of baby boomers struggle with this concept. People doing several jobs, working from home, like not having that structure, which, you know, like I, is a negative a negative thing. Like I'm very much trying to get back to having an office, seeing people more, um, not being sort of in the basement, but it's, it's a totally different, you know, back to COVID being this huge, this huge sort of big bang of, of, uh, innovation and just forced change. Um, so I think we're still, still trying to figure out a lot of that stuff, but no, it's like, I think inflation is something we've never dealt with. You know, people that experienced it are no longer participants and most of them, you know, are significantly older. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, we've had one monetary regime since the invention of the asset class, right? So really since 2008, we've just had low interest rates. Um, So I think people struggle and, and, you know, that's not necessarily, they shouldn't know this. It's not really their, their expertise. But um, for me, it's, this is just another tool in the toolbox. I, you know, I don't think crypto is going to be the only asset class. I just think it's going to be much bigger than, you know, 800 billion, which is what it currently is. Um, So you know, we're talking 50 trillion, you know, hundreds of trillions of dollars of, of total asset class market cap um, of, of throughout the world. So I, from a pure number standpoint is what makes me bullish. And, it, you know, it's very, I'm very good over the years of learning to fade extreme sentiment, you know, so very deep depression, bear market, you know, sort of market's never going to go up again, mm-hmm. counter, counter to February, March this year, you know, East going to 10,000, board apes are going a million, right? Like the trying to manage those extremes. Yeah. And I love to poke at, you know, and and just second guess myself, but other people too. And 
you know, I, I think ego and hubris are the are the enemy of excess returns. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> if if we've learned anything, even just as like a, a retailer, if you're watching from the sidelines, if you learned anything, that's that's the case. Tara, being like <laughs> yeah, that in that in in the three AC and it's if you can't figure out where the yield's coming from you're the yield is another yeah. one right um but it's true it's it's just anybody that's good at investing trading playing games even necessarily poker players right um they know the difference between luck and skill and they know when they're lucky and when they made a good decision and they don't confuse outcome with you know decisions right so it's like much of what we do is resulting we look in hindsight and we you know, say, of course, that was obvious, but it wasn't in real time. And mm -hmm. the, th the things that are, you know, I, I put a macro piece in February talking about interest rates and, um, you, you know, just nobody should know about that. And people, even in my old, you know, the traditional professional investment people, you know, still are lazy and don't come around. To it. So it's, there are, you know, it's another, it, it's, Somewhere, you know, truth somewhere in the middle, right? But I, I think, you know, people aren't going, people aren't IPOing anymore. People are launching tokens, you know, and yeah. they're the innovation, the brain power is coming to Web three. It's not going to the banks, right? It's not going to yep. Apple anymore. It's not going to Facebook. So where's it going? Um, in my in my opinion, it's not even going to venture capital anymore. Um, I, I think what we're doing is this new version of it. So that's what I'm most bullish on. Hmm. So that'll, yeah, that's a good uh, segue actually into the, into my, my question uh, that I have. So you say like the most, or you personally feel like, you know, the brain power is going into web three. Um, so what about uh, not only your, if you want to talk about your project, but yeah, let's do that first, actually. So you're talking about um, focusing well, in on web three. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've had this, I've had different iterations of this same concept. It's called trippy down now. Um, it's, you know, it, it originally started around this concept of metaverse REIT, right? All the way back in February of 21. Um, bought a sandbox, had a bunch of central land, which was very bullish on what the metaverse was. Before the metaverse is the metaverse, you know, you know like there, to me, there was that pivotal m moment from Zuckerberg doing the call, right? Talking about metaverse and literally everything just went on fire. And I was, I, I had the curse of being early on things and just, sort of almost like second guessing myself of being too early and actually sold some central land, like a, a quite a bit of it a few days before that announcement and it was oh. so pissed. But um, so that was one iteration. There was another um, project out there called Land Vault that um, they own a bunch of sandbox and was gonna do something with them that ended up not working out. Um, it was gonna take a job with a few different, you know, ARCA funds and a few other ones along the way and ended up you know, so this has just been like a side project that um, I've done my best to procrastinate with. Um, but like, it, you know, I, I think what's also hard in this industry is it's hard to, you know, like I'm getting trying to get better at writing and making things, um, you know, and sharing my thoughts because, you know, just imposter syndrome, I feel like it's huge for me personally too. I just feel like everyone's full of shit, myself included, right? Um, even though, even though, even though I think I'm full of shit, other people might not and maybe helpful to them, right? So it's just like, I'm, almost overly critical and there's just so it's so hard to it's just so much noise i guess um so it's hard to really tell who's who's good and who's not so um yeah it's like i, I um so trippy dow originally was you, you know in the early board ape days we this concept of organizing around traits was fun right we did cheetah gang there was um dmts and you know all these fun sort of subgroups within there so Try to this turned into just a server with a bunch of trippies and um, people that I liked along the way that we vibed around just how they approach things, right? So just started developing this ethos around um, investment decisions together, you know, sharing alpha, those sort of things, um, and it, I, you know, started to get into Zed Run. Um, I think around August of 21, I sold a, a blue beams that I had of board apes and. Um, ended up crowdsourcing kind of an idea. Uh, the thinking at the time was, you know, this is out of control. Um, and it was a good sale. I think it's still like a top top 10 sale. Um, and took that and just rolled it into gaming assets, you, you know, productive 
I think the rationale at the time was, you know, we're not going to get dropped any more big assets within four days. Like part of the wealth creation that we've seen from NFTs has been, you know, essentially getting paid special dividends through drops along mm -hmm. the way that, that pay back your cost basis, right? So to me, Zed Run was a cash machine. And at the time, the game was doing very well around breeding and pricing was firm. And so I jumped in that rabbit hole and, um, you know, bought just, I, I just came in like a, a lunatic and I think I had like eight or nine Z1s and um, but luckily one of them hit and ended up being the best horse in the game or you know top three and I lobbied my way into figuring out who the best race you know who, who the best stable was and uh, partnered with them very quickly and so now you know I threw my assets into arbitrage racing which were um, you know doing very well within Zed and so kind of using that as a sort of the centerpiece we've just built around from there and have been organizing guilds in various games and um, have grandeurs of running a kind of multi-strat fund eventually, but but very just obsessed with this concept of a coordination, you know, collectivism of, um, you know, this invest, investment clubs and really finding guys that are really good at their, their little niches, their domains and giving them, you know, um, giving them a platform to, to make money and, and all of us gleaning, you know, better decisions and, uh, you know, a better end product from all of these individual inputs. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that's really cool. Um, I, I think that's the, one of the benefits of, of web three and then uh, of DAOs is to have everybody, you know, uh, come together for a commonality, like a common cause. And then to, uh, shine individually, but everybody kind of reaps the benefits of of that. So no, and and I, I think I lost my train of thought a little bit. But back to the original point, I think I was trying to make was it's there's been so many iterations because this space is evolving so much. So, yeah. so what I so so what I viewed at the time was a no brainer was not or changed very quickly. And so it's just I, I've struggled to pull the trigger, and, and part of it is also finding the right partners. Um, yeah, and for sure. It, it's yeah, like I don't want someone else's side hustle to be this like I want this to be full-time for them and because it's full-time for me so mm -hmm. it's trying to either incentivize people to do it full-time or finding people that you, you know view things like I, like I think the one thing that I've learned over the years too is is how important it is to find the right partner and guys that you like if you're able to do what you love to do every day with the people you love to do it with it's like there's nothing better right and yeah I, I sort of view this as like I could get really, uh, really out there in terms of just, you know, like almost like a jazz band or just music in general of musicians playing instruments in different ways and, and sort of all of those individual um, cr creatives coming together and building something. And that, you know, the output of that, I think, can be pretty interesting. And, and you know, I, I've been a part of big organizations. I've been, I've worked, at, you know, the, the RA that we rolled up, being partners, got acquired by a bank. So I worked for a bank for a while. And that was like purgatory for me and you know just the i call it like the turtle mentality there where everyone just shells up and people just do the least amount of work they have to not to get fired um and just saw just how inefficient that is and i think another huge driver for me has been income inequality too right and um i, I think i've had the benefit of seeing a bunch of different perspectives um you know, in terms of income, like I played football, went to military school, had the benefit of traveling, been to Africa twice, you know, I've been able to travel into different cultures. So like, I think from America and from our point of view, part of our where capitalism and where our system's gone wrong is, is lack of access to opportunities, right? And um, this notion of investor protection and, and that, you know, only accredited investors can get access to the best investments which the only way to be an accredited investor is to be rich. And, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's true. Um, if you look at the definition, it took them almost you know 80 years to update it to include actual investment professionals, right? So I could be a I could be registered with FINRA, be an investment advisor, and not be an accredited investor and participate in something that I'm advising clients on just because of like it just never got updated. I think that that changed recently, but. Just this concept of guilds and DAOs, honestly, of are really just general partnerships. And so putting together this infrastructure for um, people to participate and 
and make money on either alongside us or with us or as partners. So, yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. That's uh, pretty much hitting the nail on the head. I think sentiment is, is about the same in terms of like inequality and things like that from just my Twitter feed. A lot of people are kind of opening their eyes to, to that and uh, to the yeah, idea it, of DAOs and everything. So like, I think why, you know, I, not to my horn, but, but saw this, almost frustrating to see to see this outcome occurring in real time and and no and being very being very very bullish or very very convicted on the pain that we're currently seeing now and not really being able to do anything either about it like there's no way to protect investments and i just had this eat this huge drawdown but the thing that keeps me going is is when this all plays out when we eventually have the recession that we're that we're in right now even though it, like we'll look back probably six months from now eight months and be like yeah like we're in recession no i think recession's happening right now mm-hmm. um and you know the end the end the end winner where money's flowing where jobs are flowing where talent's flowing is here because you know big industries big companies are cutting jobs and and investing in technology, eventually you're gonna invest in robotics, right? Like the yeah. automation, automation is is coming, and I, and I think you know as humans we have to adapt and evolve. And I just don't think those jobs that everyone thinks are still gonna be there forever won't. And people gotta figure out some new skill sets. People have to find new ways to to you know sort of help themselves or have other like-minded people that can help each other, right? So. I think you started to notice their unions starting to pick up again, which we haven't seen in a long, long time. Um, Amazon, Apple, big tech companies are having to deal with it. Um, so you're just seeing yeah. all these huge, huge, huge forces. Um, you know, not, not to mention just the the impact of the what sort of role the U.S. is going to have globally, right? And and the crazy outcomes that you know that can happen from that. I mean, we're even seeing seeing states sort of fight fight against each other right now. So yeah. There are there's a lot of change, a lot of craziness going on in the world, and and honestly, I want to do I want to work on these problems and figure out a way to all of us help each other, right? So, um, so trying to find those people or finding like-minded people has been has been a fun part of the process, I guess. Yeah, no, that, that's really cool. That's that's an awesome sentiment to have, um, and um, I think. Uh, the majority of people, all right, I would, I'm going to preface, I would like to think that the majority of people think like you and want to help others, you know, um, and, and come together and, and create something that'll be beneficial for like-minded individuals. But um, yeah, that's, that's how I see it. At least I, I think I, I would hope that the majority of people want to kind of come together and create. But I'm not things. sure. That, yeah. Like, I'm not sure that they would necessarily like, they shouldn't necessarily know that. Like, like, I think it, it's not intuitive. I think a lot of what uh, the perspective I've had is because I've, I've seen a different perspective, like mm-hmm. having a 12 years of investment experience and, and trying to deal with egos with tons of different people helps me understand how hard it is to. And, and I think even during this whole run up bull market, it's been very me, you know, it's been very individuals. It's, Hey, look how smart I am. I bought a board ape. It's worth millions of bucks here. Let me show you on <laughs> right. And, and, and less about, and I've been trying to sort of beat this drum for a while. Nobody wants to hear it. Um, because I think maybe the negative thing is a lot of the people that come here are very much do it yourselfers. So it's this concept of, Oh, I can do this on my own. I don't need to hire an investment person i don't and so i think giving up control giving up that ego i think is hard for a lot of people too and i love this bear market too because there are not there there aren't very many egos left um yep and and the people that were in it for the wrong reasons are gone and uh i just want to help the people that are either here for the right reasons and just getting destroyed or just showing up for the right reasons you know because like i think the clout and the money all of the fakeness is getting washed out. Like this is why I love free markets. It's sort of the cycles that, you know, it, it's just, it's sticking around to play the game every day rather than, you know, as soon as you stretch too long, you're not gonna be able to play it, play it anymore. And, you know, it's, it's managing those, uh, those emotions, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I was going to say, I noticed my Twitter feed is a lot less uh, like influencer based right now. So that's, uh, that's always and- excellent. And I, and, and I love my community a lot, but it, it's, 
you know, I, I could rant uh, for a while about how things have changed to a certain extent. And really the early grassroots days and, and a lot of the early community members just got priced out that it's just, you know, how could they not take that money? Right. And um, mm-hmm. it's been just replaced with people that either have money or are buy one to push something to then, you know, it becomes like customer acquisition costs. Um, exactly. And as I just was been the best way I can describe board apes is like your favorite indie band that you follow forever, watch it kind of sprout and the whole world starts to notice how great it is. And then, you know, they sign with, you know, a huge record label band starts to fight with each other over money. Right. And, and just the, the, the audience changes, we start mm-hmm. solving for, for mass market rather than, you know, grassroots exclusive. What is this weird project that we're doing sort of thing. Right. And, um, as soon as you know, as soon as we took that money as a, as a community, it was it was over in my mind. So I hope we can come back. And I really like I love the board apes, but man, it was watching watching VCs come in, watch people that have no interest in you know or have different have different incentives. I think than core community members at the time. Um, you know, like we didn't need a token. Like what what like what was the point of of ape token? And <laughs> so um, it, it's. Like, I think it's always easy in hindsight and I think the next building for the next cycle and this next phase, I think is going to be a lot different and a lot more utility driven, a lot more, you know, sort of real world based use cases and um, actually add value in my opinion. So looking forward to those days. Yeah, me too. I, um, and speaking of that, that's another good segue. Um, what do you think about some of these other projects? I looked into... Um, like the future verse. What do you yeah. think of projects like like that? So I've been trying to get like I'm all big on finding people that disagree with whatever viewpoint I have. So I, I've I've been trying to find you know sort of negative bearish views on it. And the best I can come up with is they're very aggressive and very or, you know they are dreaming almost too big and 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 you know maybe trying to do too much. But long story short, I, I found you know this project through Altered State Machine. Um, fluff world has been around for quite some time. Um, didn't, didn't pay much attention to them during board apes and during the, the whole PFP craze, but has they've, they've been around and their IP has been there. And then I listened to a podcast about altered state machine, which, um, was very interested in AI, you know, smart NFTs, you know, use cases using machine learning and like what that can mean with like bringing my board ape to life. And, you know, this was a while back. So sort of the two, the fork in the road, the two players were Alessia and um, Altered State kind of went down both, was not a big fan of Alessia and dove in headfirst in Altered State Machine and have just been hooked on that whole ecosystem from, you know, kind of outside of Board Apes and Zed Run, um, you know, just to actually to back up a few steps, sort of a, a core um, checklist for me for qualitative side is, terms of service, right? Um, part of what made Board Apes so great or so great or, 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 you know, in my opinion, the original PFP community, right, is um, commercial rights. So the ability to give that IP back to the community, build brands around our respective stuff, right? So it's, I'm King Trippy only because I have a King trait and a Trippy trait, right? So mm-hmm. it was pretty easy for, I was, it was a pretty easy combination. And, um, but like taking and building brands around that and, so the principles of, you know, of giving back commercial rights of even CCO, uh, Creative Commons, of, of having no rights, you know, right to its public good is always interests me. And um, really from the get-go, that's what they've been all about is empowering that, empowering the principles of the metaverse, um, of interoperability, of, um, you know, of composability and, um that sort of led me to it and the opposite of ultra state, like I mentioned before, Alethea is building a closed loop system. You know, they own the metaverse. We're essentially just buying digital goods and collectibles as opposed to, you know, this being mine and, you know, they're having a DAO, they're being a decentralized component to it. So long story short, it's hard to find projects that have technical capability, um, you know, aren't just money, aren't just suits, you know, hiring devs to do in this, like their native, um, you know, programmers, native 
you know, machine learning people. They're, it's like this, this weird massive gang of tons of different skill sets. And I, the more I uncovered in this, I just found it, I found out that is they're all like the linked and this, um, the, the McDonald's brothers is like a hundred McDonald's brothers in, in New Zealand, I think, but they all, <laughs> they have like a hundred different, there's fluff, the fluff world and party bears and all mm -hmm. the things. And so <clears throat> the strategy for Yuga and other side has been to, you know, to scale by bringing on new communities, which remains to be seen, but like they built out all of these different communities attacking different, you know, verticals within Web3, right? So party bears are more entertainment, music, um, you know, fluffs, building a game, they're going to have breeding components, altered states, you know, this um, machine learning based tool, these brains that you can start to develop and have them be non-playable characters in games, have them be, um, you know, like there's tons of, of utility and different cool use cases, which to circle back was what, you know, it, trying to think through what the next phase of this, because it's not going to be clout, PFP, you know, sort of, or, or even at the time, generative art. Um, so just, I'm always looking at what's next. So Alter State was kind of my hook. Um, and they've continued to just bring on new partners. They launched, you know, all Genesis brain holders got dropped, Adam Carr, um, you know, Genesis keys. And so you, you just start to accumulate these assets just from, from, from Alter State and from Fluff and from Futureverse, essentially putting this whole ecosystem together. So circling back to Futureverse is the aggregation of all of this um, under this, this blockchain that's gonna be called Root Network. Um, what, you know, what is Root Network? It is essentially a substrate core. So Polkadot is um, how their architecture of blockchains, it's, it's, it's node-based, it's much, it's, um, you know, it, it's much more decentralized in a fashion. I won't go into in the weeds there, but it, essentially the pros are is, is that you can port your code over from Ethereum. So it, it, it processes the Ethereum virtual machine. So it's solidity, all of the smart contracts work, um, but you can customize your runtime, you can customize the blockchain for a specific need. So, um, you know, anybody that experienced the other side drop, we blew up Ethereum because combination of not very good smart contracts and just, you know, a generalized blockchain layer one is not going to be the best for all use cases, right? So mm -hmm. part of this whole migration, we've seen layer twos, we've seen um, scaling mechanisms, but uh, like in my opinion, I think in the future, there's just going to be thousands of blockchains. They're all going to, and, and I think, you know, Ethereum's biggest network effect is the software, right? Like the, the operating system, the yeah. virtual machine, the ability to, you know, to have live code to execute that. So I'm not necessarily convinced. I'm pretty bearish on this ETH2, this merger in a sense of like, like what we're achieving. Yes, I guess it's better finality. I was talking to Taylor and them yesterday and, and you know, it's a better consensus mechanism, but like it, it doesn't solve scaling. So now we're back to where we were before needing layer twos plus taking extra risk on, you know, on proof of stake migration. So there's just tons of questions around there where I still bullish on that, but I also think like in order for gaming to scale, in order for these different use cases, we're going to have to have permission, permissionless, you know, very customized use cases and customized blockchains, I think are the way. So root network, sorry for that tangent is. Oh, um, you're good. You're good. That's educational yeah, is, stuff. Is you know, what drew to me also is it's a multi-token system. So their whole phrase is bring your own token. So if hypothetically, if, you know, if I were Yuga, rather than trying to build my own, like why wouldn't I just port into an ecosystem like this, be able to bring a, be able to bring a token and from the white paper it reads to be able to kind of create your own nodes and create your own, you know, marketplace, like basically all the things that I, that I was hoping and assumed Yuga would be doing um, by partnering with Animoca or, you know, diluting the community as much as they did, yeah, is what this tiny project, not even tiny, but just unheard of project out of New Zealand, you know, that is just kicking ass and just the, the tech, the tech behind it is just so next level. Um, you, you know, they're, they have silo, which is essentially a decentralized discord that has nodes that are, you know, that are, that are creating a system that's community-based and isn't, you know, isn't just web two and web three closed, right? So, hmm. um, 
they've hit the sort of every tier of interoperability, um, you know, giving back the IP community, um, actually having technical people inherent to the business versus, you, you know, I, I think the, the projects that are creative that have to solve for technical skills and solve for all these things are, are just adding costs, right? Versus guys that are very technically skilled that also have business backgrounds too, right? Like they're, the people exist and finding the right teams um, has been part of that process. So Future Versus One, um, they're constantly partnering. You know, I, I think there, there is a very good chance that Board Apes has some sort of partnership there. You know, I think they're bringing on new communities every day, trying to scale out that ecosystem. So um, I can dig more into that later too, but that being a core centerpiece um, and sort of Zed Run being our our cash flow machine right now in terms of of Guild and um, you know kind of using that as a base layer for potentially renting out and lending assets and um, and not to mention just a we're able to take money from there and reinvest it in different aspects that we want to build out um, kind of within Trippy Dow. So other one is BioPills, um, which is another project. They've, they're building out a game um, within the Bioverse, but same sort of thing. Um, two of the best devs that I've come across, community is very small and, you know, organized. Um, they, you know, are doing guild-based, you know, a massive game. And if anybody's, um, come across the project, you know, they're, they're marketing, they do very little, they don't, they don't show at all, but the stuff they put out is just epic. And, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with the community in New York when I was up there and I, I have a lot more fun with these smaller projects that I vibe with and um, are doing things the right way, in my opinion, than chasing the biggest, baddest. And, you know, to be honest, I, I got pretty bored with the whole PFP sector too, kind of really mm -hmm. going into the end of last year and the beginning of this, this year. And, um, you know, just watch a lot of good people from our community leave and watch a lot of bad people enter and, and watch a lot of people that, you know, were humble or were now no longer right. And prices mm. changed, changed a lot of that. So, um, anyway, long story short, I'm very bullish on, you know, people, people only look, what's immediately in front of their face rather than, you know, longer term. And people just need to think six, eight months out rather than, um, you know, six, eight days. And I think things will be good. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think um, the PFP, and I could be wrong. This is from somebody who's not, you know, looking at NFTs 24, you know, not 24 seven, but like, you know, all the time and able to keep up with stuff. But I, I see more people trying to flip, I guess. And, you know, talk up those bags as opposed to, like you said, yeah. looking for the utility. So, well, um, well you can't flip, flip very much anymore. And it's like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I think by definition, people have to adapt. So, um, but yeah, like, the, I guess getting back to what is even the project, it's, it's, we're trying to build out these silos, um, you know, sort of, I guess, play to earn is not even a, the catchphrase anymore. But, um, you know, being able to offer our assets to players that want to come play or, people that have different skill sets that want to, you know, ship in and help build. I'm looking for people to cover me, right? Like the, the one thing that we can't solve for is time. There's only a finite amount of it where, you know, I'm, I, I would like to sleep six, seven hours a day and have a normal life schedule. Um, yeah. But, but like, I'm, I have to be a hundred different people. Right. And there's uh, part of my biggest bag is, is in, is in New Zealand time. Right. So it's like, I, mm -hmm. I'm constantly on this global thing. So like in my head, what I'd love is this, this is this to be a, an employer, right? A full-time job for me, for everybody to just work on problems, find new opportunities, you know, um, see different projects that we think are trying to do the right things. Um, hopefully some of that brain share comes back to help find new deals and, you know, everybody make money and, and, you know, find truth sort of, uh, for the next 20 years right um and building like what is community capital like 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 what can these organizations do on so many different levels from for-profit non-profit you know there's just very bullish on finding your tribe right finding your group of people that you love you know that, that gets it right and and just 
you know, throwing your sleeves up and building shit. Yeah. Like that. I like that a lot. So that's what, you know, that's it. You know, if that's it uh, you're about and that's what, you know, you're going to continue to perpetuate, then I'm sure you're going to get those uh, goals met, you know? Um, yeah. It, it's, I just think it's, um, it's hard doing trying to be everything for everybody too. And, and yeah. I'm sure it's it, taxing. Well, it is. And I'm also, I need to get better at, you know, like I get more enjoyment out of doing this, talking about stuff. Like I'm just, even though it doesn't sound like it, I'm talking a lot, like very introverted, you know, just I'm shy for the most part, but like if you get me going on something that I'm passionate about, I'll talk all day. Um, but so it's just, you know, trying to be better at sharing that stuff and, you know, practicing what I preach, which I, I tend to preach a lot, but, um, <laughs> you know, we're all, we're all, nobody's perfect and yeah. trying to, trying to trade less and build more and, um, you know, trying to find, I, I do really enjoy helping people, right? Like we, Shrimp Society is a project um, based in Miami. They had an, they had like a up and coming tech community um, and we're looking to enter web three, these two, two mutants, um, Luke and Burley um, are two guys that um, kind of run our venture and are, we're sort of putting together a, a project in that realm together, but they approached us to do shrimp society. And I just love helping kids that are here for the right reasons, want to hustle and, you know, trying to give back like that. So I've stayed in touch with them. They're doing full, you know, we're, we talk every day, we're all working together and, um, right. So like, that's what I, that's what I love to do. And I love, um, you know, there were people to help me get to where I am. People that gave me a shot. So, um, look, looking to try to return the favor. And, um, you know, I, I think the end goal too is, is hopefully to be able to work not as hard and have younger guys yeah. come in and be able to swap capital you know, or time for capital. Right. And, um, be able to make better decisions at the margin and, and go find new things. And, you know, if we can find a, a team full of people that all are doing what they love doing and, and not doing anything or what they hate doing, like is, is sort of the best case outcome. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's really cool. And, and it's cool that you shouted out, uh, you know, Shroom Society too, and, and, yeah. and talked about how they, you know, gave you a chance here and you're down for, you know, what they're doing. That's always nice. It's, it's about paying it back full circle for sure. Yeah. Like I, I think it was Miami based too. So I'm in South Florida. So I think that attracted me and the fact that they had a community without a token or, or an NFT was also interesting. And plus it's just, it's, I'm very open to people, you know, asking for help and I, I can get a very good sense very quickly of, of whether or not we're going to get along or, you know, what your true incentives are sort of, I could tell, you know, they have just hustled like, you know, one of the two kids drove all the way up and wanted to come have dinner. Right. So it's, little things um, that I noticed and wanted to help those kids. So um, they're not, I mean, they're kids to me, but they're <laughs> <laughs> pretty much everyone's a kid, right? If you're, if you're under me. So um, no, I, I, uh, I have a lot, have a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, that's, it's good. And uh, it sounds like, you know, the, the goal of, of your DAO will be uh, accomplished, man. It, it sounds like you have the right ideas. You're making the right connections. You're, you're looking in the right direction uh in terms of always looking toward the future for for things and um just wanting to help everybody get capital because that's what it's about at, at the end of the day like if you um you know can secure your own oxygen mask you know yeah. and then you can you know help somebody else and that's i think that's what um i think we all tend to more. tend to worry about our own oxygen mask too you know myself included and i like i tend to right like i i, I bought a lot of these assets that I know that were going to be used in this entity misjudged kind of along the way, how personal I think a lot of NFTs are. I'm still really interested in this concept of people contributing NFTs they do have, throwing it into the bucket and sort of all organizing this stuff and managing it together. Right. But, um, you know, just collectivism in general, you know, what, what like-minded individuals can do I, on so many different levels, I think it's just me. Um, and, and yeah, so it's kind of all these, all, all these, all these compliments of things. Um, yeah, it's, it's sort of why I'm bullish. Sort of lost my train of thought there or, or where I was going. Um, what were you saying there a second ago? Sorry. Um, <laughs> you're, you're fine. Uh, yeah. I was just, yeah, we were just talking about um, 
like the Dow and you know how um uh, right, right, right. And, and sorry um just to, to riff off that uh you, like I think this project would have been launched a long time ago and a lot of projects did do it to where you know and there's still a lot of regulatory uncertainty around what um people can and can't do what accredited yeah. non-accredited um but like I, I think a lot of people use the obscurity to their benefit right and and a lot of quote DAOs are really just launching products that allow you to quote vote on things but mm -hmm. don't actually own anything right and and the narrative um you know from the the owner point of view is hey i don't want to go to jail i'm american but right like you're also not going out of your way to to explain why or to also point out that really anybody can be an investor as long as they participate right as long as they vote as yeah. long as they they are right like if you're an employee in a company you can can invest in the company right so you don't have to be accredited to do that so mm -hmm. that employee's swapping expertise and time to do that so I, I i think the venture capital i think limited partners people just free riding along investments um i, I just am more interested in in just you know actual shareholders employee-owned companies people having incentive in the game and you know that that want to work because I, I will probably have more capital than time and I, I i know there's tons of people that have more time than capital right um mm -hmm. they're trying to match those two so let me ask you let me ask you this then i and DAOs have been around for a little while it's not anything super new but do you think the emergence of venture capitalists in web3 and crypto have caused like an explosion of people trying to create DAOs because i see more DAOs now than i had I, I previously think i think it's a it's just an evolution of venture obc so okay like i think um the power of the collective the power of the crowd wisdom of the crowd in a lot of cases to make decisions there's tons of different science around that but but also i just think that when what venture capital the amount of money flowing into that space even before crypto right private equity in general has been an explosion because of how, you know how hard it is to find excess return in equities you know the low interest rate cycles we've had fixed income has been impossible to do anything with so you know the if you look at the yale endowment model tons of, of big institutions and you know calpers and big big institutions need to hit those um, required rate of returns. So to do that, they've had to take on more risk, right? So private equity has been a massive beneficiary of this. That's why nobody goes public anymore, right? That's why like Google and Amazon were sort of the last of the big companies to go public at a valuation to where the public can benefit and, and experience that upside, right? Like, and there's nobody, nobody's able to do that anymore. And all the companies going public are, are really just an opportunity for for institutions to just dump on retail, right? Like, th think about every single IPO. Like, they always go down after, and um, and most of them don't go back up again. And um, so that yeah. also drew me to the space, right? And, and there's a lot of academic work. There's a there's a science piece called you know Will T bills outperform stocks in the long term? This was like this is probably eight years ago. Or and concept being where is all of the future growth going to come from when all the companies that drove current growth, Apple, no, um, sorry, like Google, Amazon, they IPO'd when they were 700 million market cap, right? Now companies IPO when they're hundred billion. So what, like if, yeah. all these, if all these companies are waiting to go public, like how do public stocks continue to, to grow, right? And that's, that's an oversimplification, but it, it just speaks to, all, there's been so much money flowing out of public equities into private equity and the public has just been buying these you know just being dumped on for a while and yeah. so for all of those reasons i think private equity has too much money they're they're and there's this crazy during 2020 and during that whole like we went down 40 percent or 30 percent in 30 days in the month of march um and like our credit markets collapsed, the Fed had to step in, they were buying high yield bonds, people don't remember this, and the system was just cratering. And 
like I had to watch people's retirements get liquidated because they needed to sell because they were reacting to emotions, right? Because you couldn't convince them that the world wasn't going to end because we didn't know if it was going to end. And like, honestly, and, and like what we went through was unheard of. And I think for me personally, what's driven me is, is for us to lose discipline. And, you know, my boss tapped me on the shoulder January and said, why are we, you know, spending two and a half percent a year hedging books when markets never go down. Right. And, and for me to lose that battle going into the biggest drawdown in the history of markets was epic. And it was, it was devastating for me. So um, all of these reasons, I just think, you know, the people work their ass off to grow this wealth and like, it takes, it just takes negligent people to lose it all for them. And yeah. I also just think that there are people who, you know, your low income communities, you either lack education around ways to make money or they lack opportunity. And I think, you know, the only barrier to Web3 crypto is, is technical, you know, um, complexity, right? So like, if you can learn the rules of the game, well, that's it, like, that's all you gotta do. And there's part of like, you know, what I love about crypto and the PFP and NFT space is, you know, we've replaced our identity with like this weird cartoon picture. It's fun to play with, it's, <laughs> it's, it's less serious, but it's also like, I don't know, in, even now, I, I'm, I'm not sure I've seen your face or I, I, I just judge you off of whatever that, that character is. And so I can only judge you off of the things you're saying, you know, what you write, what you communities are in, mm -hmm. not what, you know, your skin color is, where you grow up, your gender, right? Like those sort of status, you know, artificial things. So. Mm -hmm. Long story short, all those things are sort of what get me going. Um, I've always been a person that I struggle doing things I don't feel passionate about or like don't want to do. And I'm terrible at doing things I don't want to do. Um, so it's, I, and unless I'm, unless, unless I, I have to go back to that old job, I, I am going to be here as long as I can. Awesome. <clears throat> Dude, like, I, I really want to have you back on just to just to talk like I, I genuinely enjoy listening to you I think a lot of people are going to have that same experience um, when they hear this podcast I, I feel like because you touched on so many things you were able to um, you know well, I'll probably go right now because because I, I actually I need to talk to write or like you need to like walk through these things so much so it, it's beneficial to me too so yeah um, no it's it's perfect I I really like I really loved listening to you speak about everything man you're so passionate I can I can tell and then I um and and listening to what you're saying it's like you know so much about different markets and everything because of your experience previous to coming to the crypto nft space and then you've seen this evolution and growth in different sectors that a lot of us, you know, haven't been able to see as closely as you have. So that is like, that's great alpha to, to have here. It was, it's, it's awesome. The only alpha is there's no alpha, right? The alpha is, <laughs> is, is learning, you know, who you like, just learning the fundamentals of the game, asking questions, always being curious, right? Um, those, that's how you get better at this game. And, yeah. and always second guessing yourself, second guessing your assumptions, you know, um, and always being open to new information. I think yeah. is, is important. Absolutely, man. So uh, before we close, uh, do you want to tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to follow your projects? Uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be, um, I, I'm, I'm notoriously slow with all this. So there'll be more docs and stuff coming out about it. Um, yeah. It, you know, King trippy 5116, I think is, uh, Twitter, you can find me there. Um, really trippy out stuff. Um, we're going to start tweeting more from that account and, and getting more information out, but we'll, we'll be doing guild based stuff. So some of the projects that we own or, um, are partnering with, or, um, it'll be a lot more information for people to participate. But, um, you know, if you're an analyst or if you have expertise in certain communities or skill sets, you know, DMs are open for sure. Um, you know, would love, I'm trying to build a system to incentivize people to, you know, do, do little, not odd jobs, but, you know, take notes for something or, you know, put in little bits of work and, you know, develop those sort of, those relationships and hopefully find opportunities to help people along the way too, that they can help us. So, um, we'll, um, we'll be more public with that soon. Excellent. And I'll, um, put everything in the description underneath this video for anyone who's going to follow. Cause I'm sure you're going to, 
you know, get uh, at least a small influx of people, you know. Um, yeah, I don't have a, um, I, uh, for, for all the apes, I, I'd be really surprised at how few followers I have. Um, so, no, I, um, I appreciate it. And you feel free, anybody listening or anybody in the community that has any questions, would love to talk, as you can yeah. see. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time today, uh, King Trippy, And uh, yeah, hope to have you on again soon. Yeah, we'll do um, it again. yeah of course. And, and uh, thanks to Ryko for um yes. for stuff. yeah he i grew up um with his older brother and um known that kid forever so yeah he's, shout he's, yeah he's my homie. shout out to to Rico for for putting this together and uh oh yes in their in their project unethical cupids nft um it is a co-creation token you can uh have uh, both in that community too, right and, and and love what they've been doing um yeah yeah i mean just back to grassroots community stuff so um shout out to them too yeah absolutely and if you haven't watched the show or listened to the first episode with them in it you need to watch the show seriously get on i it's, think episode so three fun. is out they're um or they're working on it he's one of the wittiest kids or writers that i've come across too so um yeah it's it's good stuff cool all right until next time dreamers peace